everybody and welcome to a new episode of Quarantine Semi-Pro. My name is Josh Clements, or Pre-Edit. Is this a Semi-Pro at-home edition? <laughs> Just like every Semi-Pro. As if, yeah, I was going to say, as if anything has changed whatsoever about the way we do this show. Um, well, no, plenty has changed. I, I actually went back and listened to an old episode somewhat recently, and we our, our quality has improved tremendously over time. So that's that's a big plus. How have you been, Dalton? Oh. How you, how's this quarantine treating you? You know, I'm do- I'm I'm finer than frog hair, there, Joshua. Um, do you uh, do you want to tell everybody about the purchase you made? Oh yeah, no, they're listening to it already. I um I'm using I'm rocking a new microphone. I bought it specifically for this podcast and no other reason. No, I'm just kidding. You know, he's he's, he's entirely <laughs> lying. He bought it because it looks like a bee. I did. No, I didn't. I think it's very ugly, but it's um, very much worth the price. And it's uh, it's it's real great. Um, everything about it. Um, I've been blown away by the performance so far. I'm not going to plug the company because they're not paying me anything. But um, <laughs> no, it's great. It's it's the the neat N E A T uh, B King B is the name of the microphone. You can look it up. It's um, it's a really great. Uh, great little doohickey, and it's making me sound velvety smooth over these these podcast waves. Um, so, what about you? What have you been up to during the the last week or so? Um, I basically spent the last week almost entirely writing my essay uh, because I still had assessments due. Because university does not stop even for a global pandemic, it's never going to stop for me. But um, yeah, I spent last week writing my essay, handed it on on Thursday, I think. No, Friday morning. It was 6am. I remember. Uh, I'm, I'm a horrible person and I do every essay, no matter when, the night before it's due. And it's an awful habit that I wish I could drop, but I fear I never will. Well, good thing is, is it's worked out for you so far. And <laughs> was this, you were telling me you've got your last one coming up. Was this the last one? Yeah, that, that's it. Uh, in theory, if I pass, then right. no I guess that's an excellent in. point. I, <laughs> I I graduate. Well, I would have graduated in July, July twentieth, I think was the date. Um, but because of COVID nineteen, instead I'll just be getting my graduation certificate in the mail. I think my parents still want me to have a graduation, which means they'll dress me up and take photos, so that my dad can post it on Facebook. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, well. It is what it is. I spent the rest of my time playing Assassin's Creed, which is, it's fun. Well, we've got, um, I mean, there is news to talk about. We've got, you know, obviously this episode, we're doing an episode of the podcast this week. There's literally only one thing we can do it about. Um, like we don't have, we didn't even want to. We we literally started this discussion. What are we going to talk about? And uh, we were trying to th- find things that weren't this to talk about. We're going to talk about the Snyder Cut, of course. Um, um, I'm surprised they actually went with the name Justice League, the Zack Snyder Cut. I'm genuinely surprised they didn't just call it the Director's Cut. Um, that being said, because that's what I, I, that's what I would have called it. I would not have called it the Zack Snyder Cut. I would have called it the Director's Cut. But I guess that's just just me. I don't I don't know. Um, but of course, the, if you live under a rock and haven't heard, uh, Just League, the Zack Snyder Cut is coming to HBO Max in 2021. Um, they're doing some reshoots on the movie. None of the original cast is coming back for the reshoots, I think is something I read. Um, oh, I didn't know they were doing reshoots at all. I thought it was just a lot, all of the post-production work. No, there are definitely reshoots going on. 
Um, and I know the the original cast is not, or the main cast is not coming back. Um, right. But there will be knew, reshoots knew, without the cast, um, which I find interesting. But that's uh, we're we're gonna stay positive and talk about because um, uh, me and Josh have been s- somewhat vocal about our stance on um, the, the 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 Snyder Cut, even on this podcast before. Um, but we're gonna stay positive for this discussion just because it is a genuinely an exciting moment uh, for me because I'm excited to see the movie. Um, I may not be the biggest fan of of Zack Snyder, but uh, I'm always excited. I was excited to see Justice League the first time it came out, um, and I'm excited to see what will I, no doubt be a different movie. Um, you know, despite what it is critically or or whatever, um, I'm still excited for it. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, essentially, we get two movies for the price of one. <laughs> Yeah, 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 in a way. Um, I mean, I remember... <laughs> and Warner Carol- Brothers gets two movies for the price of $340 million. No, no, okay, we're going to stay positive. Right, right. We're going to stay oh, positive. Yes. Uh, focus. Uh, I remember walking out of Justice League the first time, and I, I saw it with my mate Brandon, who, uh, Bishop Brandon, but uh, <laughs> I remember walking out of it, and we both went, you know what, that was pretty fun. It, it was cool. Because at the time, it just, it was, you know, it, there wasn't, I don't think the release of Snyder Cut movement was even a thing at that point. Uh, and we just kind of walked out and were like, okay, so that's the Justice League movement we've got. All things considered, it was pretty cool. We had a great version of Superman, Batman, even though people felt the humour was out of place, and I kind of get that. I was like, yeah, it is what it is. And I thought, hey, that's pretty fun. And so I'm kind of I'm I'm interested to see what Snack Side is is going to look like because I know it'll be totally more like BVS and Man of Steel and turn feel like more of a sequel to that movie, uh, and I think it's I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, I'm going to wait until we start seeing stuff to be say whether or not I'm excited or not. Uh, but like as far as ideas go and how they're executed, uh, Snyder's always had a good visual style and I'll like maintain that. Uh, his special effects are really good, and so kind of, I I know I'm interested to see how much of what he's claimed is going to turn up in the cart versus like what what is actually going to be in the thing. Yeah, no, that's definitely my I don't want to say biggest concern. Um, the the thing about it is with with reshoots, which are a thing that are happening. With reshoots, all of the things that he's claimed can be in it. Which some of the stuff that he's talked about sounds really neat. Um, I I do want to take that aspect of this discussion off the table for just for myself. You can talk about it if you want. Um, But I I want to talk about the movie from an artistic film standpoint. How is you know uh, I'm 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 excited. I can't wait to see it. Um, Mainly for the fact that I think. Zack Snyder has has that strong singular vision. I'm not. Uh, I I like Man of Steel. Um, it's a great setup. It's a great modernization of Superman. Uh, I think Zack Snyder's biggest issue as a filmmaker is that he thinks too large scale. Um, he thinks too far ahead. You know, when he went into uh, Man of Steel, if the things that he he's claiming are actually how it happened, he went into Man of Steel. Not thinking up a Superman movie, he went up thinking um, a three-film Superman arc with uh, an entire universe built in. 
um, and that you just can't go into a movie thinking that. And I think that's where uh, it, it, it sort of worked in Man of Steel. Uh, but I think that's where BVS definitely falls. And that was ultimately my biggest fear before, you know, Joss Whedon took over for Justice League was that it was going to have the same issue that BVS does, where it's 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 all forward focused and not not inward focused. Um, you have to have a good balance of that when you're trying to build a universe. You can't just focus on the universe building. You've also got to instead focus on um, yourself and your own film and how it goes. And I think that's where BVS definitely suffers. And I think even Man of Steel, to an extent, suffers from that, just not nearly as bad. Um, it, it would kind of be like, I mean, you've heard the comparison. It would be like releasing Iron Man, Captain America Civil War, and then the first Avengers movie. Like, had they done that, the universe would have failed. I mean, almost instantly. There's no way... To, to do that. It just doesn't flow naturally. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. Um, that's my biggest fear for, um, for the director's cut of justice league is that it's going to be very forward focused on a, um, on a DC universe that, um, will never see the light of day. Chances are. So, um, th that's my biggest concern, but th that doesn't mean I'm not excited to see it. I mean, I'm still genuinely pumped to see this movie. Right, I think that is worth mentioning that, like, even though we might criticise it, like, I, I mean, if we're going to be honest, we've been sort of criticising it for the last God knows how many years. At the same time, we are both genuinely interested in the ideas behind it. We're interested in seeing it, I know we've both said to each other already that we do plan on watching it. Like, I, I'm not going to bash a movie blindly, I'll say that. If, if, I, if I'm, if I'm going to criticise a movie, I'm going to criticise it because of various reasons but I'm not going to bash it because I think a bunch of other people have been bashing it and so it's worth making fun of I mean we're going to be here in a year in 2021 <laughs> and we're going to do a review of the Zack Snyder crowd of Justice League I mean we'll have to right and yeah. then we'll be able to give our opinions over whether it's good or bad um, right, right now we can't talk about that because we don't know what it's like um, right. I, and it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to sort of talk about what you think a movie's going to be like when you've, when you really have zero clue. It's like us trying to talk about how good we think Tenet's going to be, because Tenet has released two trailers, and I still have no clue what is going on in either of them. But I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it, and it looks great. Um, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't. You know, it's like, um, I'm trying to think of a, of a movie I've never seen that everybody loves, um, but I can't think of one, or that everybody hates. I, I can, I, uh, the, what's it, uh, Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton one. I've seen the, plan I've seen the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, Josh, it's horrible. It's so bad. See, I haven't, I, I haven't, so for me it's like that, it's like everyone bashes this movie, but I have never seen it, so I've never said that it's crap or anything. Because I wanna, I wanna actually take a look at it before I even start thinking about that idea. That's not to say it isn't bad. It's just to say that I can't say it's bad. Well, it's almost like the um, the Batman, right? You have there are a lot of people I've seen um, take to social media or whatever to to bash Robert Pattinson as an actor or to bash Matt Reeves as a director or just to bash the production of the Batman. I don't see how you can sit here and say that now um, without having seen this movie. I mean, it, 
Um, people blame it on comic accuracy. People blame it on this, that, or whatever. I, I mean, there's no way it's less comic accurate than The Dark Knight. Uh, and that's one of the best movies of all time. So I, I think, you, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of that, people bashing this. And I don't want to be that person, right? Because I don't I don't care for that. So what I can base this off of um, is my opinions on Zack Snyder's past films and, you know, my opinion on the Justice League film that we got. Because I'm pretty sure narratively uh, the stories are, from what I've heard, the stories are supposed to be fairly similar uh, if I remember correctly, and and where the big difference is going to come is um, based off of the uh, uh, the extra stuff. So like that base story will be relatively the same, uh, but Zack Snyder's version had a lot more uh, to fill out that story, if I remember correctly, um, which would make sense because um, I think a lot of that final battle was uh, directed by Zack Snyder. Um, uh, there was a lot of it that was reshot, but not all of it for sure. So, um, we'll see, uh, the narrative story of justice league, I think, um, despite your opinions on the movie is pretty good. I mean, just the narrative flow of things. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not the worst. It, it's nothing spectacular or nothing particularly interesting, um, but I've seen much worse movies. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, I, there are some things that I am genuinely... I don't think I'd say I'm excited for anything in particular. I'm more excited at the prospect of certain things. Because, again, we we have no clue about the actual movie. But, you know, there, I, I said this to you earlier, and I know you disagree to a certain extent. Uh, more so about the probability than the actual event, but I think it opens the door for more Henry Cavill Superman movies, which I would be much more excited for. He's one of my favourite working actors, uh, and I think he's a tremendous Superman when he's written properly. Yeah, um, that that does bring up a good point. Um, I don't know, because uh, some people are still holding out hope that, the you know, with this, that uh, a Flashpoint movie is going to tie this and Robert Pattinson's Batman into uh, a shared universe. I don't see that happening. Um, I see, I don't see the DCU coming back just because of this movie, which I think is a lot of people's biggest hope. Um, they're hopeful that when this movie comes out, that'll be the spark that, you know, reunites the DCEU. And I just don't see that happening. Um, I think chances are what we're going to see um, is this movie come out? Um, you'll see whatever it is critically, and then that'll be it. You know, we got Wonder Woman. Um, Shazam is kind of in its own universe enough where you could tie it into whatever if you wanted to do a shared universe. Um, but I do think we're going to see just DC focus on solo movies for a while uh, instead of focusing on the shared universe stuff. Uh, once again, that's all going to depend on where the money falls when this when the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League comes out. Um, but as far as the Superman stuff goes, I don't see this spiraling into its own universe, mainly for the reason that, um, I don't see this, this bringing Cavill back because Justice League isn't the reason Cavill left. Um, if Justice League was the main reason that Cavill was out as Superman, then I would absolutely agree. But I, I, I just, I don't see that as being the reason it seems a whole lot more likely that it was, um, disputes with, um, 
The Witcher more so than disputes about this. So uh, I don't know that. That's just what it seems to be. And technically, Cavill is still attached. I mean, he's never, there's never been an official statement by anyone as to whether he's in or out. So um, I don't know. I don't see this as the spark that brings him back, but I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it is probably me just kind of hoping for more than is actually possible. Still going to hold out that hope because, you know, it's like car keys. There's also uh, Ruby Rose has left Batwoman. That, yeah, I saw that, which is um, wild. I don't watch it, Batwoman. It's shocking, I, uh, truth be told, because Batwoman just wrapped up its first season. They were confirmed to a season two, which is still going, I think. Yeah, the show the show is going to keep going without her. There's going to be a recast for season two. Um, I watched a, uh, about half of season one. Uh, she was definitely Ruby Rose was absolutely the most enjoyable part of that series. Um, she's uh, she's the best actress on the network, I would say. Again, it's a series that I never saw, so I can't really speak much into how good it was per se. It's interesting, um, but I don't I don't know. It's the thing that gets me about it is I don't know why she left. And so I don't want to comment on, um, you know, her or the studio without knowing the reasoning behind it. Um, so I'm just going to leave that kind of as is I'm interested to see who they bring in to replace her. Um, but she's definitely going to be missed once again. I I didn't plan on watching any more of the series. Um, but you know, I'd probably catch her on a crossover every now and then. And she was always fun to watch just because she was a very good actress and she did really suit the role that they were going for. So, I mean, we'll just have to see, uh, where that goes kind of from here on out. Um, but I, I do think that, uh, I mean, try to put yourself in the shoes. What if Stephen Amell had left Arrow after season one, or Grant Gustin had left The Flash after season one. It's just really weird to think about, um, just because it's the first time that's really happened. I don't know that we've seen a big major recast um, in any of the CW shows so far, or really in... Um, I can't think of a, of a major comic book TV show where we've seen a recast like this um, of your main hero. Um it's just interesting. Usually you you don't recast your main hero, you cancel your show if they leave. So I will but I will I'll be interested to see who they who they replace her with. Um well, I know uh, Wallace Day, I think that's her name. I can never remember it properly. I know Wallace Day said that she'd like to have a go at it, which would be neat. Uh, she's good in Krypton from what I saw. Uh Stephanie Beatrice I don't know how you say the name, I can never count, but she, a lot of people know her as Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and she's she's really good in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, I, I'm interested to see who they cast, because, again, like I said, it's really never happened before, but at least not in recent memory. And so, I don't... I, it's, I mean, the reason she said that she left was, I think, something about long work hours that were very heavily demanding... And that, that kind of threw me back to something that Michael Rosenbaum said when him and Tom Wenham were talking about Smallville, I think it was. It's like you had to go to... You ended up getting back home at like 1am and then you had to be on set again for 6am. And it was it was just an insane sort of work times that they were expecting of you almost constantly. Uh, although they may have changed it since then. Because I know there was... I think there was an accident or something... With a with a CW actor, 
who like crashed his car or something because of sleep deprivation. It, it's very strange. I think she probably left almost immediately as soon as they wrapped filming, but they've probably kept it on the wraps for the last however long because... Yeah, yeah I would definitely think it's, so. It's bad business um, if you hear an actor's leaving a show at, like before the show's even finished airing. Right. Uh, yeah, you don't really... You don't really know um, until uh, you don't want to know that just because you're, you know, it does put a bad taste in the mouth of the viewers. Um, Speaking of putting a bad taste in the mouth of the viewers, we're also getting a director's cut of Suicide Squad on HBO Max, which I am. I'm honestly and I mean this genuinely. I'm more excited for this than I am for the Justice League cut. I'm more excited. Um, Yes, I'm more excited uh, for this. I, um, I'm, 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 I think I'm probably more interested. Like I said, I'm, I don't think I'm really excited for either. I know, I, th- I think, I'd, is it fair to say that Ayo probably had his movie more disassembled than Zack Snyder did? Yes, um, but Ayer also owns up to the fact that, you know, this is his movie. Um, he, he's, he owns up to the fact that he's responsible for the theatrical version of Suicide Squad. Um, Wait, yeah, okay. So I can see why, uh, he, you know, he said in the past, I, I remember there was a quote, um, I've got it pulled up here. He said, this cut of the movie is my cut. There's no sort of parallel universe version of the movie. The released movie is my cut. It's a quote that he said in, in 2017, the toughest thing about writing, shooting and directing a film is that you end up with these orphans that you really love and you think they will be amazing scenes and do these amazing things. Uh, but in the film, um, it may not be cool or charismatic, and so it doesn't get to survive in the final cut. The flow of the movie is the highest master. So uh, that that was a quote he said about the movie in the past. Um, but there are some neat scenes and stuff that I think probably did get cut for um, for length purposes or I, whatever. I'm, I'm interested. To see um, what, I don't. I mean, he said that he he also said that he shot everything from his car. Am I remembering that wrong? Yes. No. There's there's no reshoots involved with this one. Everything's every, everything is recorded uh, or, or shot. The main difference here being he was on production for the entirety of the movie, um, and Zack Snyder was not on production for the entirety of Justice League. So that does make that does make things a little different. Well, I, I'm, um, I'm interested to I'm, see more of Jared Leto's Joker, and I know a lot of people don't like Jared Leto's Joker, and I get why. Uh, I, I mean, from what we've seen, I'm not a fan, uh, nor am I a fan of his like backstage antics. I think they're just bizarre beyond being a misunderstanding of the character. And I think he needs someone to say no Jared to him every now and again. Uh, but I, I think it's also... That's a bad Jared. <laughs> bad Jared. Stop that. Uh, don't send people dead don't rats. Don't send them used condoms. I think it's also fair to say that Jared Leno is a fantastic actor. Uh, like He's proven that with Fight Club, with Dallas Buyers Club, uh, Requiem for a Dream... There was one where he played like a super fat serial killer and he like he Christian bailed it, gained all the weight and then lost that weight back to his really skinny state in I can't remember how long. But then he also got ripped for Suicide Squad. And I'm I'm interested to see his Joker, but actually having like consistency. Yeah, I don't know. So so my thing about this is I, I, I don't think we're going to get a great movie out of this. 
um, simply because I don't think that there's going to be that much different from the theatrical version of Suicide Squad. Um, what I do think we're going to get is some really neat stuff um, to talk about and some really artistic stuff that we're going to get to see. Like you said, we're going to get to see more of Jared Leto's Joker, which I think had great potential. Um, I, I think we're going to see a movie that that flows a lot better and maybe operates more like a film. But that being said, I'm not expecting something something great. Um, and while I, you know, I, I, I'm expecting a little more out of the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, um, but I am still excited for this David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad, probably more so, just because I, I know a little better what I'm going to get. The thing that makes me a little cautious about the, the Snyder cut is I don't know exactly what I'm going to get. I pretty much know what the Ayer cut is going to consist of. Um, and, but, and I'm, another reason I'm glad to hear about it is, or glad to, you know, that it's getting made is I don't have to hear about it. I never have to hear release the air cut ever. And so that's, that's a big, that's a big thing for me. Uh, and I am genuinely, I, I another thing that I think one of the positives that's going to come out of all this, um, is we are going to see, this may lead to, you know, the rise of some more director's cuts, which uh, a, a rise of letting, giving giving directors a, a, a bit more of a vision when it comes well, to that, their that, movies. Well, that's actually, so, that's something that, that I'm being, I've been curious about, like, not in a negative light, nor particularly a positive light, but I'm kind of curious about, like, where does this end? Because a lot of people have claimed it's for, like, artistic integrity, it's for artistic freedom, and, like, if, if you're generally for those, I, like... I'm glad because it is in a way um but at the same time I think in <laughs> not to sound like too much of a consumer here but I think like companies executives producers higher ups in general they're there for a reason and that's usually because they're at some point qualified to do what they're doing they're qualified to make these criticisms about what people might like and might not like and so I'm curious about where the sort of artistic freedom ends, as well as where does the director cut hunt for ends? Because, I mean, we joked about it a little bit, but, like, uh, people have been asking to see the Raimi cut of Spider-Man 3, or the... Well, which we sort of got. I mean, we got we got Spider-Man 3.1, sort of. Um, we, we got a director's cut of Spider-Man I, 3. I'll and be honest, it, I've never it, seen it. it. It's... It's significantly better. It's it's the one I recommend. It, if you don't like Spider-Man 3, you're still not going to like the director's cut, just for clarification. It's it's still Spider-Man 3, but there's some neat little stuff in there. This That would actually make a good episode of the podcast, just talking about some of the best and worst director's cuts. Um, but for every good director's cut, you know, for every Blade Runner, you have a Star Wars special edition, you know? I mean... It, the, you know, there, there are pros and cons to it, but a director's cut is nothing new. While I kind of see, you know, the, the annoyance with the hunt for, you know, because every, you know, now it's everywhere. You know, people are people are going to beg and all. But, but it, people have been doing that since before anyway. You know, I mean, we saw we've seen in the last two years it happened twice. No, in the last year, I guess we've seen it happen twice with the Raimi suit uh, in Spider-Man PS4 and with Sonic's design uh, for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I mean, those are two examples of the exact same thing that happened uh, with the Snyder Cut. Um, and so I, I 
I don't like it because I didn't like it with either of those things either. Um, I didn't like it. With, I didn't like the way fans reacted with the Sonic design, and I didn't like the way fans acted with um, with the Raimi suit. And so, um, just because I don't, I don't think the Snyder Cut is anything special in that regard. That doesn't mean I condone it or like that well, idea. Well, I think I think there's a distinction that we should say. Where I think there's a distinction between lobbying for a version of a movie that you want or whatever, and peaceful protests and sort of raising money for charity and stuff like that. Even though I, I, the raising money for charity thing, I think if you're expecting someone out of that, then it's a bit misplaced, but nonetheless, it's raising money. Um, but there's a difference between that, the side of the Snyder Cut that I think I'd say I'd respect, versus the side of the Snyder Cut that has harassed Joss Whedon, as well as many other production members, Henry Cavill, when he said he didn't think he's never seen it. The, the, the side of the Snyder Cut that's been particularly vocal in a negative light over the last three years. I think, it, and I don't want to say it condones that, but it shows that an element of that works. And that's kind of what I'm more scared of than anything else, probably. Sure. No, I could I could definitely see that. Um, I think we've got... I don't think this is the only example of that, um, which is why I, I try not to... Once again, this is not me saying I condone that sort of behavior or that I like that sort of behavior in the in the industry. That's just me saying I don't think that's the you know, we've got several other examples of that and I don't know that this is the worst one. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that this is the worst example of that that we've seen even um it's certainly the largest scale example we've seen of it. Um but we've also seen countless other examples of this here recently. So you know, uh, I hope that's not the new normal we're working to towards when it comes to the industry, um, because I think what one of the things that does is sure for this this version of the movie, it's it's getting a director's artistic vision out there. But what happens when it's used in the opposite way to um, to to destroy a director's artistic vision? You know, I don't know. Well, it's, I am. Um, that's neither here nor there. Kind of wrote a paper on this for university. The idea of, it's not exactly the same, but it's more or less, it's about the idea of giving the audience too much power. Because I think there's a very delicate power balance between the audience and the creators of content, right? Uh, and there's there's been this balance for a while, and it usually tips one way or the other. But at some point, I think it can dip too much, where, you know, to one side, you might have the monopoly of, like, Disney owning everything, controlling everything, not having any competition to worry about, and therefore artistic and creative freedom dies. But on the other hand, there's a reason that these limitations and uh, executives and whatnot have been in power. And so there's, there's an area where the idea of limitations, which I think people need, being killed off. Yeah, no, I, I, I can definitely see that, and I definitely... Um, I agree that there should be some audience input. Um, yeah, I don't that. think it should be entirely one or the other. I think it's just we need to be careful about maintaining that kind of delicate balance. I, I can definitely see that. I don't want to talk too much about the negatives because uh, there were some positive things to come out of the movement. Yeah, I, um, uh, that's, I, can't, I can never remember the actual number. I think it was 27,000 for like suicide prevention charities, which is nice. Um, and then, uh, of course, the main thing was the artistic vision that, that um, people are excited to finally uh, give Zach his his cut of the movie. Um, 
I don't know how much more we can talk ab- about it. Once again, I think it's going to be one of those things, and, and this has turned into the main topic of the episode, and we didn't really particularly want it to, but that's all right. Happy um, accidents. Right. Happy little accidents. We'll, we'll just have to see where where it goes and what it's like when it comes out. That's going to be the biggest thing is when it comes out, what is this movie going to be like? And how is the audience going to react? And how are we going to move forward? Um, you know, how is Warner Brothers going to move forward from this? You know, because um, there are, this will be a good example for how they move forward for things. You know, um, I, I do find it interesting um, cause you know, there are, there are certain directors who, um, you know, Ridley Scott has re-released Blade Runner five times. Uh, uh, what is it? 12 <laughs> times now? Yeah. I, it's a very, it's, it's that, a high that, it's number. That's what I you about. Cause I was, I was saying I've never seen Blade Runner and then you told me to watch the final cut and I wasn't even sure. I, I'm never sure what version I'm buying is the final cut or the director's cut or the director's cut re-release or the theatrical version, or the theatrical version re-release. I, it's there's so many different versions. Yeah, no, there there are several. Um, there are endless different options of Blade Runner. But once again, I think the final cut is the best version of that. But but that being said, um, every movie Zack Snyder has ever made has had a director's cut, except for I think I don't think Man of Steel has had a director's cut. Watchmen's got a director's cut. Uh, Dawn of the Dead has a director's cut. 300 has a director's cut. And BVS has the extended cut. And now Justice League has the Zack Snyder cut. So I I, I hope he doesn't fall into that trap. He he kind of seems like um, he kind of seems like a perfectionist where, you know, he's not happy with something even when it, it is released. So I, I hope Justice League isn't one of those examples. We'll just kind of no, have not, to see. Not like um, I don't mean it's a negative way. Is the Snyder Cut, in theory, the most expensive director's cut to ever be released? I don't know. A lot of things would factor into that based, uh, you know, how much shooting and stuff had to go into it. Um, you know, there I, I don't. There are certain... When the Richard Donner Cut came out in 2004, they actually had to buy the film prints to get the the footage for him to recut the movie um you know they had to update their rights to to put superman in a film so there there are a lot of different things that go into it um it's 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 going to boost justice league to the third most expensive film of all time um and it will probably that will probably make well that will definitely make it the most expensive home release film of all time um, which is interesting. I, I'm, I'm also curious to see if HBO Max releases in the UK, because as a as a channel, uh, the UK doesn't have HBO. We uh, we have a lot of stuff that has. There's usually three main like TV broadcasts uh, boxes that you can get: Sky, BT, and Virgin. And so, whenever Game of Thrones or what well, uh, True Blood or the True Detective or any like HBO original shows, they'd aired through that channel. So I'm curious to see if HBO Max does an international release because DCU, DC Universe hasn't, which is extremely annoying, to say the least. Well, you're not missing much. Well, just it, putting that out there. Doom Patrol is really the only thing you're missing and it's moving to HBO Max. Well, so. I, okay, so just this is a very quick fan here on behalf of myself who's been very frustrated with this over the last God knows how long. But... You've got Swamp Thing, uh, Titans, Doom Patrol, and the Harley Quinn show, right? As well as the fact that I just want to read comics online, but that's another issue. 
but yeah, so you've got those. And don't forget uh, the HD restore of Batman the Animated right. Series. Right. And I, so if I want to watch Doom Patrol, I have to buy Amazon Prime. If I want to watch Titans, I need Netflix. If I want to watch, no, if I want to watch Doom Patrol, I have to buy Amazon Prime, then buy a subscription to Stars Play. If I want to watch Swamp Thing, I need Amazon Prime. If I want to watch Net, uh, Titans, I need Netflix. And then if I want to watch Harley Quinn, I can just go screw myself because it decided not to air here at all. Yeah. It's that, a pain. <laughs> I think part of the plan there was um, to have DC Universe and then it was going to release internationally, but then HBO Max came along and put a put a pin in that. So hopefully HBO, I think HBO Max is a is so much bigger of a service. I would say it'll have an international release. I, I have no idea though. I don't, I don't work. For well, I also, I also find it um, apparently releasing Doctor Who. Um, I, I remember them mentioning that during their announcement when they like said that they were doing it. I just don't know whether that means they're financing, producing and making Doctor Who or just this like airing it to the U S through HBO max or what? I'm not sure. I think because I think um, Warner Brothers owns BBC, correct? If I if I remember correctly, I, I did not think that. I I was under the impression that they BBC could be was a completely independent uh, institution. I, I could be wrong there, but I don't know if if they do, I would not be surprised at all. Well, the, the, the um, BBC itself is publicly owned here. That's correct. You, that's I, right. I mean, people people usually use this whenever there's that's jokes right. about, I forgot like, about that. American laws versus British laws or whatever. And people usually say, oh, you have to pay to watch TV. And I just like to say that's not the case. You, you can watch TV as much as you want. Uh, you don't have to pay anything. What you have to pay for, you, you have to pay a subscription if you want to watch stuff live or want to watch stuff on BBC iPlayer. In which case, that then goes to them, and it means that they don't have to have adverts and can stay 100% politically independent, meaning the current government don't own them and can't use them as a propaganda channel. Okay, so uh, I've done just a little bit of research. Warner Brothers uh, is, or Warner Video is and has been um, in charge of the releasing of uh, Doctor Who to um, worldwide audiences uh, via CBS, which they also own. Um, and until the year 2000, they actually released it, um, on the CBS and Fox networks, uh, before the, the advent of BBC two, which is what we have over here. Um, so, uh, they, they do own releasing of the show. They don't own the actual series itself. Uh, that is owned, um, by the BBC, uh, but they do have exclusive rights for how it is released. Okay, so they've got distribution rights. So, so I assume that means that it'll be distributed on HBO Max? Right, which uh, distributing rights um, does affect release. So that I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, that'll be interesting. It'll be nice to have a place to, you know... Watch Doctor um, Who easily to, to watch it because it doesn't it doesn't stream well anywhere. But uh, yeah, so uh, that that I guess is is something we didn't really cover is just all the stuff coming to HBO Max and kind of how exciting that is. So um, I guess we've talked this thing pretty much to death. Um, all in all, kind of final thoughts. I'm I'm interested to see the center cut. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited 
uh, well, I say that I, I, I don't want to say I'm really excited for anything related to Suicide Squad. <laughs> Um, but I, I'm, I'm relatively excited for the air cut of Suicide Squad, probably more so than the Snyder cut. Um, neither of these movies are particularly my cup of tea, but I am excited not only that the director is getting to, you know, to put forth their vision, uh, but also just to get more, um, comic book movie content where we're going to be kind of dry. I'm going to say the Batman is probably going to get pushed back. Well, um, filming, release filming date. in England or in London, uh, at least, has been permitted by the government. However, the government has also done a lot of stuff recently, which has been heavily criticised both by the government itself and its people. Right, yeah, we're um, uh, here, one of the, the tightest lockdown states is California, which of course is where uh, majority of filming in America happens. It would be, of course, in Los Angeles. So, I don't, I don't see American film productions starting up for a while, just given the the government of California specific. So, I think if you're going to want to start to get production going um, on a movie like that, you are going to have to go elsewhere. So, I don't, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. Like I said, they lost two months of production, so we're at least, the movie's going to at least be pushed back two months, provided everybody gets back into shape. I mean, and, some, and some films have been pushed back a see. full year. Right, and they're, you know, No Time to Die, which <laughs> was supposed to be released two months ago, was pushed back till November, so... And that movie was finished, so we'll, you know, we'll just have to see. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm, it, I'm interested, I'm excited to a degree. And I think, really, we can't really say much more until we start getting... I don't know, I, do you think they'll do, like, first looks and stuff? Um, supposedly, Zack Snyder is working on cutting a trailer. Um... That, that that actually uh, begs the question. I was going to ask you. So, I don't know. All of the production photos, um, and by production photos, I mean... Um, the stuff that The posters that were released. Releases on that one? No, no, no. I mean like official posters and things that have been released. Um, all of them, since the announcement, have been in black and white. And supposedly he did his test screening to the executives in black and white. Do you think that the center cut's going to be in black I and white? I wouldn't be surprised if it had an option of being like like uh, Logan, where it has an option of being viewed in black and white. I think, I mean, this is, I hope it isn't because I think black and white is good. And I think it's, but it needs to serve a purpose. I think it's, it's a, it's sort of can be used in a very pretentious way. Right, I'm scared. Um, I hope it doesn't. I, I should say that. I really hope it doesn't. Right. But it can be right. used. I mean, Logan had a reason for being black and white. Uh, the Mist, another movie I can think of that had a black and white cut, that had a reason for being black and white. I think it's important to remember that. Um, should be noted that that uh, I prefer uh, Logan Noir to the actual cut of Logan, just um, so we're clear. Uh, because it, the, the Logan Noir is a great cut of that movie. Um, there are some scenes that are uh, rearranged, um, and the color grading, it's some of the best black and white color grading I've ever seen, um, for a color film. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the center cut is done in black and white. Um, but, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. We won't be able to tell if the suit's blue or, <laughs> or black. Maybe Josh. that's how he does the black suit. Everyone gets the black suit. Gotcha. Only the Superman... Only the Superman scenes are done in black and white. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. 
All right, we're going to end that here. This is it. This is, the, <laughs> this is, we're done. Um, yeah, let, let us know what you think about the, uh, the Snyder Cut. You can uh, message me on Instagram at barrett.digital. You can message Josh at BrittEdit. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Josh and Dalton um, and get in contact with us that way. Let us know if you're excited. Uh, are you more excited for the Snyder cut or for the air cut of justice league? But we do want to thank you for listening, for taking this chunk out of your day to listen to us ramble on and, uh, very passive aggressively compliment a movie that neither of us are particularly stoked for. Uh, we will see you on the next episode of Simi Pro. Pro.